Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Life's a Pitch. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Martin Lipton of The Sun and Darren Lewis of The Daily Mirror. Not long to go now, how will England fare in France? We'll look at their group and name our tournament favourites. Meanwhile, at home, what will Jose's United look like? Who will end up managing Everton? And how will the Premier League new boys get on? First, though, Roy's boys. Nothing to fear but fear itself, Martin? Let's put it into context. This is England's ninth European Championship. In the previous eight, they have won none of their opening games. In the previous eight, they've only got through the group on three occasions, winning the group twice, one of which was at home, and they've never won a knockout match. So we're expecting them to go to France to win the group and win four knockout matches. Good luck. You know, <laughs> let's be realistic about it. It's probably not going to happen. But there is a freshness and vitality about this squad. There's a sense of forward direction and, and movement about where we're going. And I think that is a positive. But we shouldn't be sort of burdening this squad with expectations that are unfair, unreasonable and, frankly, ludicrous. Mm. Look at that squad and you're going to have to defend from the front, aren't you, Darren? Yeah, we are. Um, only Poland has scored more goals in qualifying. We do have the Footballer of the Year, the Golden Boot winner and England's all-time record scorer up front for us. So if we do have to defend from the front, it won't be too bad to shoot our way out of trouble. So we jump us for uh, goalposts then? Absolutely, it will. Um, but as Martin suggests, it will be asking a lot of a team that simply can't defend. Eight of the last ten home games, we've conceded ten, two goals at least. I think that we, the pressure will be on us to go through the tournament with the kind of defensive stability that we've seen from other nations. Mm, but having said that, defending as a, an art is almost a, a lost art form at the moment. You look around. How do we get the best out of what we've got? Well, the, the key, clearly, for Roy is that he's going to try to defend by attacking. He's going to pick whoever of the fullbacks he plays, they're attacking fullbacks. They're not great defensively. He's going to try and outshoot, outgun, outscore opponents, as opposed to 2006 when we go to a tournament thinking, well, they're not going to score against us. And, you know, Robinson sees two goals in five games and we still go home early. Um, therein lies the, the problem. We haven't got that. We've got to win games by having more of the ball and using it better. And also, let's be honest, having a goalkeeper who keeps calm rather than losing his head as he did at the last two tournaments, which I think he's done this season at City, and also have a bit of luck. Mm. What about those full-backs? In the modern idiom, they don't defend that well, do mm. they? They bomb on all the time. Mm. What would your, be, your best pairing be, Darren, do you think? At full-back, I yeah. would go with Danny Rose and Carl Walker. 
Um, I think both those players have featured in the best defensive Premier League, uh, best defence in the Premier League, the joint best defence with Manchester United. And I think even though Spurs fell away towards the end of the campaign, they have shown their capabilities over a sustained period of time. Um, yes, they may well have defensive frailties, which I'm sure Martin will get to very shortly. <laughs> um, but I like the way uh, their consistency, I like their, their strength in the tackle, I like their ability to supplement attacks. Um, and I think that they've shown us over that period of time that they do have the quality to be able to add something to uh, England going forward. So let's have it from the heart. You know, someone who's followed Tottenham for a long, long time. What about the, your fullbacks, your club fullbacks? I didn't think Danny Rose could play. I've got to be honest. I thought his career would be remembered for one kick on his debut. And he's been sensational this season. He's been the best English left back without question in the league. Even when he was initially brought into the squad, I thought he would be behind Bertrand. But I think he now starts. Um, and I think that's probably right. The other side is a real toss up. Um, They've both got dynamism going forward. I think Klein's final ball is better. But my worry about Klein is any defensive situation at the back post. You remember the, the goals Antonio scored against him and, and others as well this season? Mm -hmm. He does get out-jumped too easily at the back post. Now, I know that Walker sometimes guilty of the same thing, but he's physically bigger. I just showed it to Walker, but I wouldn't complain whichever one went in at right-back. I think they're pretty much of a muchness. Whereas on the other side, I think Rose at the moment just edges it. But if you'd asked me three months ago, I'd have said Bertrand without any question. So things can evolve and change. Mm -hmm. Also begs the question, who do we play in the middle of that defence? It's, it's not, a, got too not many a great options. choice. <laughs> well, we don't, well, <laughs> Only three. And, and, and here I'm, I'm sure myself and Martin will agree because I think that, that is the weakest area. Which is quite ironic because we began this season mm. talking about a potential £40 million player in John Stones. And yet his greatest strength well, indeed, <laughs> his greatest strength would appear to be in many people's eyes his weakness. Quite interesting. I was at uh, Wembley a couple of weeks ago and, and, and Ronald Dubois was saying that if you played for Germany, Spain, Holland, they would cherish a player like John Stones. Yet he gives everybody kittens in this mm. country every time he plays. Can you have too much confidence? Um, possibly. Um, what I don't he think does it's confidence have... now. I think he's lost the confidence. That's the problem. He's mm. trying to play the same way without the belief in himself that he had. That's right. exactly the word I was about to use, two, the there belief. There are two words that, bring, that are responsible for that, and unfortunately one of them is Roberto and the other is Martinez, <laughs> um, because he has, for whatever reason, sucked all the confidence out of Stones. What was interesting for me was that on Friday night against Australia, he looked a bit more like mm. the John Stones we hoped he was going to be. Mm. But at the moment, I don't see how you can go with him starting off. Despite my deep doubts and worries about Smalling and Cahill, I don't think Hodgson's got too many options. Really. I think Hodgson does admire Stones, however. I think well, yeah. he will stick with him. And I think it'll be him and uh, Chris Smalling in appearing at the back. I don't you don't think, think Cahill? Cahill's vice-captain. Well, uh, and he's a very, very loyal man, is but the way. Cahill yeah. under Goose Hiddink wasn't a preferred option. And it was only when he had lots of injuries that Cahill made his way into the Chelsea team. And I think Chris Smalling, for me, and I think I would imagine for Roy Hodgson as well, would be a better option at centre-half alongside Stones. What about the insurance policy of Eric Dyer moving into a centre-half position? You know, something that wouldn't be that alien to him, but would that sacrifice something in that shield in front of a back four? I think it would sacrifice quite a lot because he's been very impressive in that shield in front of the back four. Um, I would like to see him and Drinkwater 
in a protective shield. But I think I, I worry that maybe Hodgson doesn't value uh, value is probably the wrong word, and he would contend that. But I, I worry he doesn't see a team with drink water in it, and that would worry me because I think it would be unbalanced. I think because of the concerns about our central defence, I think it would leave our centre-backs without enough protection. I think we have enough going forward uh, in, in an attacking capacity uh, to not have to... I don't know, I, I think we would sacrifice something by losing a drink water. I think we'd sacrifice something by losing a dire from that sort of two in front mm. of the back four and I would prefer to see Dyer there rather than as one of that pairing uh, mm. in front of uh, our keeper. We've been around the block a few times, Martin, and we, we all know that for an England manager, a major tournament is a killing field. Yeah. What Although it chances? wasn't last time, incredibly, but it should have been, yeah. realistically. What are the chances of, of Roy not just surviving but thriving? Thriving? Depends what your definition of thriving is. I think, we'll get onto that later. I think he needs <laughs> he needs to show significant progression from the World Cup, which doesn't just mean getting through the group; it means going deep into the tournament. Uh, if he doesn't, I think the only thing then that, that could keep him the job is the lack of an alternative. But I think that somebody would emerge. I don't think we can have another failed tournament and him to keep his job. And I think he recognises that as well. I don't think he's got the protection at the FA he once did. I'm not sure that Martin Glenn is as much of a fan of Roy as Greg Dyke was, and Greg, as we know, is disappearing out the window, so he's not going to be involved in the decision-making process. We haven't got a new chairman in place at the moment, so Martin Glenn will make that call. And I think that, um, given his background in business, he'll be a more harsh judge of the success or failure of his line manager than, than an FA Blazer would otherwise be. I'll tell you what's interesting. When you look at the games, uh, the friendly games... They were quite key because often we go through qualifying, we do very well. Obviously, we were unbeaten in qualifying, second highest top scorers. But when we come up against a superior so-called opposition, uh, we're found wanting. Yet our performances against Germany, against Holland, half decent. Well, and Turkey I think, played quite well going forward as well. Indeed. Turkey are a good team. And I think that might well be part of the decision-making process as far as Hodgson is concerned. If we go deep into... If we get to the last 16, for example, second round, whatever... Um, and the team are playing well, but go out. I think people possibly might be a bit more sympathetic to a Roy Hodgson than if we go through stodgy 1-0 wins, maybe fall over the line on a couple of occasions. Mm. I think people may then say, well, look, hang on a minute. Three major tournaments, three failures. It's time to go for a younger man or a different man. Um, I think he might be heartened by what he saw, particularly against Germany, where we play very well, yeah. a lot of confidence, a lot of uh, expression about our play and obviously cutting edge as well. We wouldn't want to have to obviously come back from two goals down, mm. but if we were to see elements of that in our play during the tournament, I think maybe there might be a slight sliver of hope for Roy Hodgson staying on. Does Roy need the help of a, a true friend like Vladimir Putin, who is <laughs> giving away citizenship... Uh, as fast as he can, throwing passports around like confetti. He's got two you know, new players yeah. into that Russian squad, Neustadter, the Schalke defender, and this Brazilian-born goalkeeper, okay. uh, Guillaume. What about Russia? Where are they? They seem as well to be a bit weak at the back. They're not a great team. They struggled in qualifying until they had a, that golden period in, in the autumn when Zuba scored all the goals and they went bang, bang, bang to go through and put... Sweden into the playoffs, but maybe part of that was that they didn't fancy Capello at the time, the players. Mm -hmm. But they've also they've lost Cheryshev, they've lost uh, Zhagoev, and they've got other problems as well. They're not a particularly strong team, and pretty much the sort of side you wouldn't mind having as the 
nominally second team in your group. Um, so England will look at that as a game they should win. And if it were different, if they were not playing in the first game, because of that historical thing, I think mm. they thought it would beat them. But I'm not convinced. I, I can still see it ending 1-0 to Russia, I'm going to be <laughs> honest, just because uh, the, the selection policies of each nation are in, up to them. If they want to give these people citizenship and they've passed the residency qualifications, then fine. I mean, look, look at the French team. Koscielny is not very French. You know, mm. the German team with Closer and mm. uh, Podolski. Well, it's and, modern life, isn't yeah, it? I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's what is. So, yeah. I mean, as long as they qualify, I mean, I think it's Guillaume's harder to justify given he doesn't speak a word of Russian, I understand, and has only been there for two years. But there you go, so be it. I mean, he's, yeah. got, he's got his passport. Uh, the defender is 28. He, he was born in the Ukrainian city of Dnipro. I've been there. We'll just go for Dnipro, basically. And... He's yet to play for us. He's made two appearances for Germany. Um, he's got two opportunities before the tournament begins to make a first cap. But even so, it, they prefer Ignatiewicz and Berezutsky at centre-half. Mm. That would be great news for us, Pacey strikers, because they've got a combined age of 69 <laughs> years old. Ignatiewicz is 36 They're and Berezutsky is 30, uh, 33, absolutely. And I think as far as Russia, I do agree. I think they are a slow team. The big problem is that they're set up to protect those old yeah. centre-halves and they may well look to catch teams on the counter-attack. They do have very good forward players. Uh, Zayuba, 27 goals so far this season in all competitions. And he moved to Zenit from Moscow, didn't he? Scored he scored six scored goals, goals in six team. games, for mm. uh, Champions League games for Zenit. Um, so he does know where the goal is. He could well prove, as you say, uh, the fly in the ointment in so much as uh, you could see a game in which Russia defend Stoutly nick a 1 0 win because they've got that composure and cutting edge in front of goal to disappoint us. And you know what England are like we build them up before major tournaments and they always let us down. Yeah, if you're talking about hype, the hype for this tournament will be that Wales game. Now, Zinedine Zidane has you know, put his four penny worth in. Gareth Bales, isn't it? Gareth Bales. Gareth Bale, one man team, walk all over England. Well, he's a fantastic player, there's no doubt about it. I thought he was outstanding in the Champions League final. He took up the cudgels when um, Ronaldo wasn't fit and I thought he had a super game, as I expected, because he's a super player. Um, yes, he is the big threat. Everyone knows that. Um, then England have got to make sure he doesn't get on the ball. When he does get on the ball, they cut him down early, legitimately, if they can, illegitimately, if they have to. That's the game. Don't let him run at you. Um, mm. Don't give away silly free kicks outside the box because he's a danger man. Of course he can cause problems. I think if you look at the other ten in the Wales team, there's some good players there, solid players, players we've seen playing at decent level in the Premier League. They're not a team that should worry you. And if you, if England play, England should beat them. Mm. If they don't, they'll lose. But you know, that's it. You've got to play well in every game or you will get beaten because that's international football at the highest level. Does that summarise their strength, they are a team and you know, there is this collective ethos, you know, all in it together, greater than the sum of the parts, whatever cliche you want to come up with. Well, they've got one as their slogan, together stronger, mm. and they do work well on that basis. You look at their qualifying group, Bosnia, Belgium, a star-studded Belgium team. I was in Brussels mm. for the Golders Draw. Belgium had Origi, Hazard, they had Fellaini in midfield, they had Vertonghen and Alderweireld in defence. They were that, that star-studded team. Benteke, uh, Rajel and Gollum yeah. played in the return leg. Wells won in Cardiff. They drew 0-0 mm. in Brussels. And I, just in terms of Gareth Bale, I, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, Zidane would say that, wouldn't he? But remember, Zidane was the one before... While Bell was still a Spurs player who said, if we get this guy, he is the difference between us 
falling short on winning the Champions mm. League. Since Bale's been at Real Madrid, he's won two Champions Leagues. Yeah. He's proven to be an outstanding player, one who relishes pressure, relishes responsibility, Absolutely. scores key goals at key times. Yes, he scored seven of their 11 goals so far, but they are also very solid defensively as well. Yeah. And I think the big mistake so, so many of the so-called bigger teams make is precisely in that they do underestimate Wales because on paper you would say Belgium would beat Wales out of sight, even allowing for Gareth Bale. Mm. But I think they work so hard. Ashley Williams doesn't get the credit he deserves and Ramsey can score goals as well for Wales. Yes, Sam Vokes and, and Simon Church don't have the class of some of the other strikers that are candidates for the Golden Boot. But Church has scored 10 goals so far this season. Vokes has scored 16 goals this season. I think if you look at Wales, we could well be in danger of underestimating, I think, underestimating I think, I think, them. Yeah, I think they work really hard. And I like... Um, the, the worry I have if I'm Wales is, is Hennessy. I'm not convinced by him mm. as a keeper. I think he's prone to a mistake now. For he's obviously going to be brilliant against England now. Um, <laughs> you look at... Ben Davis, who plays in a slightly different position, left side of a three as a rule, which is interesting. He obviously plays at left back when he plays for Spurs. He's behind Rose, as we know. They play Taylor as the wing back, so they play that way. They'll flood the midfield and they'll make it very hard for people to break. Go on then, break us down, see if you can. And mm. that'll be tough. Does it help also that they're playing Slovakia, who are nominally the weakest team in the group, first? And what do we read into Slovakia's 3-1 defeat of Germany at the weekend. Well, I'm, I'm going to annoy you now and be quite contrary, but I think that's another big kind of mistake that we may well be making, because Slovakia, again, a good team. Yeah. Germany have their own problems. They lost three of their last four, and even allowing for the, the fact that players have been unavailable, there does seem to be something wrong in recent games as far as Germany are concerned. We could well say, well, friendly games, whatever, but losing can become a habit, as we all know, and mm -hmm. I think that's not one that they would want to be in as they One thing we do know is that Slovakia would like it to be raining because they're very good on quagmire pitches. They play yeah. really well. But, I mean, what they did have was clear the two goals from set pieces, which therefore tells you they've got something about their organisation attacking wise at set pieces. And also, they've got a fantastic player in Hamsis who mm. scored a beautiful goal from mm. 30 or no, 25, 30 yards out, picked it top corner. He's a danger to anyone. He's a really, really good player. He'd be in the England team. He's, he's a, a very, very... He's a he, top, top player. He's been a fantastic player for Napoli. Just finished second in the Serie A uh, title race. But around him, they've got very good players as well. Miroslav Stock in the wide desert. Vladimir Weiss as well, one of mm. the highest assist makers in the European Championship qualifying period. Without it's strange Robert. he's been isolated in, in Qatar. OK, you know, there's a, he's got a very, a, very thick wallet. <laughs> well, it may well be. He also has been to a few clubs. He was at City, yeah. Yeah. obviously, but he's also been to Israel. He's been to Spain. He's had a spell in Scotland as well. He's sort of dotted around, and it's weird. Maybe he hasn't been able to get that consistency for his club that he clearly does have for his country. Mm. Um, but he is, as you rightly say, again, you know, it could well be that they, these guys do turn up against England. Oh, yes. And that's the big trap we have to be careful of. Normally, in most because tournaments... Because we see them as weak, we, yeah. we see them as weak mm. countries, but, weak teams, but they come yeah. together so well for their country. How often have we seen players who flopped in England then scoring against England in tournaments? You know, yeah. it happens time and time yeah. and time again. Helder just, Postiga, just, 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 just to say on, on Slovakia, they, they, they play a 4-1-4-1 formation. Kozak, their, their, their coach, 
who kind of really does work to protect his defence. And I think that may, may well be a game in which we see the Slovakians, not just against Wales, but against England as well, really challenge the opposition to break them down. Do we have the weapons to do it? Will Wales have the weaponry to do it? Mm. Let's look, in a broader sense, at the usual suspects. France, probably quite justifiably, in my eyes, tournament favourites. Home advantage huge. Yeah. Normally the home gets to the semis. And a certain Dimitri Payet. He was at it again against Great Cameroon, wasn't he? Great freaking. The problem for France is actually injuries because they've lost so many defenders. You know, Sacco, whilst he's now nominally, it would appear clear, although we're not quite sure of that, he's not going to be in. They've lost Varane. They've lost um, Mathieu. Uh, and, and, you know, they're bringing in Umtiti and Rami and people who weren't really in the, in the frame of So that is an issue for them at centre-half. Um, but they have home advantage, they have some fantastic players. They could have decided to leave out both Benzema uh, and Valbuena. Interesting mm. dynamics there, perhaps. Um, yeah, no yeah. no Nasri, as we know. So yeah. it's, uh, Interesting, again. Giroud was booed again, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, and he responded with a fabulous goal. Well taken. Uh, yeah. Paul Bog was obviously superb. Great. What oh, is it about him that alienates him? Giroud. Giroud, lots of people think he's not world class. Very simply, and that he doesn't score often enough. Hasn't done for Arsenal this season. Arsenal fans will say we want a world-class striker. France fans think the same. And obviously, um, his big problem for them is that he is not Benzema. Um, but all he can do is respond in the way that he did. As you say, Martin, I think as far as France are concerned, what could help them massively um, is the events of the last nine months because it's been a horrendous time for that country. Mm. And I think that they need no better motivation, the players. 98 was know, all about bringing the country together, wasn't it? Yeah. You remember yeah. the time when they won the tournament and there were all those crowds on Champs-Élysées and there was great display of unity. Mm. And it, it was a real sort of the, rainbow nation yes. type indeed, of feel, wasn't it? Indeed, and I think that may well be a, a motivation. Not helped though, this thing with Cantona accusing Deschamps of racism. That's the... remarkable. But I think um, as far as... France are concerned, they have the players, they have the depth, as you say. You look at their midfield as well, it's just frightening. You've got Griezmann and Martial as options up top, and, mm, and, other, yeah. you, know, and you know, they are going to be tough to beat, and they have the advantage of playing at home, and I think they will go deep, yeah. What about Spain? You know, we've looked at them in a club context, and they're flying. Mm. What about internationally? Well, one thing that we have to bear in mind is the only team to beat Spain in qualifying was Slovakia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there You're making your point well, mate. <laughs> I, I think, as far as Spain are concerned, only one goal conceded in nine games. We know they've got frightening firepower. We know that they've left some very good players, including Diego Costa, mm -hmm. at home. Vicente del Bosque going to step down after the tournament. That could be a motivating factor for the players. Do we assume Nolito as the starter up front? Mm -hmm. It's difficult to work out because they, you know, there's lots of. Interesting choices mm. there. There's I think no Morata might be a starter yeah. for them. Mm. And, again, he comes off the back of a very good season for his club. But they do ha have some fabulous options regardless. Mm. Yeah, and do you think a player like Morata, who's been mentioned you know, for Arsenal and, and other you know, major clubs, you know, looking possibly that he will end up in the Premier League, does that sort of backcloth intimidate or inspire? I think it could inspire... Because I think, obviously, while a deal hasn't been done yet, Morata will be looking to impress. He will be looking to say to people, look, Arsenal after me, but listen, I could be yours. <laughs> I mm. think as far as he is concerned, he's shown his quality already. But he is now a player who needs regular first-team football at a club that is going to appreciate his abilities. And I think if he were to star at the World Cup, he may well find that a lot of people do appreciate him, possibly a lot more than they do already. The player I feel sorry for is Juan Mate. He's not made the Spain squad. 
Jose Mourinho turns up at Good Manchester luck. United. <laughs> Arriva Dirty Roma, isn't it? It's, it's, it, he's going to obviously be a victim of regime change. Well, you have to assume change. so. He doesn't, he doesn't fit the Mourinho blueprint, which is he wants his attacking midfielders to work their backsides off back, and Mata doesn't do that. That isn't his game. He made it pretty clear... I mean, the surprising thing, it lasted six months under him first time because it was, it was, despite all the claims to the contrary, it was pretty clear before he came in that he didn't fancy him. In the same way he didn't fancy Louise, who he lasted for a year before he got rid. And given they then won the title without those two, he probably made the right decision for, for that Chelsea team. But I, I can't see matter having any longevity at Old Trafford um, with Mourinho there. I feel sorry for him because he's a lovely bloke, actually, mm. and it's a real shame that he's not made the Euro because he'll be broken at that. It would have meant a lot to him mm. to have gone. He wanted to be part of it. Even if he wasn't a starter, he still thought he could, could play a part. But Del Bosco is quite cold in that respect, isn't he? If he, doesn't, if he makes a decision, he's strong about it. Banks is my call. Well, it's old school, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I think he's quite affected by... Uh, well, he suffered this uh, curse of Louis van Gaal in some respects uh, because Herrera missed out on the Euros, Schneidlin missed out on the Euros, all three yeah. players unable to do their stuff for United. I would have more sympathy, most sympathy for Marta because he has scored decisive goals for Manchester United during the back end of this season and yet has still managed to find himself on the wrong side of the line. And I think, as you say, I think, what now, what decision does he make now for his career? Because he needs to go to a club that he is certain will appreciate what he does have to offer and he does have a considerable amount to offer. Mm. What about the broader look at, at that Spain squad? Um, are they, in your eyes, potential winners again? Oh, absolutely, yes. They're not as good as the 2010 squad, I don't think. The 2012 squad is interesting because they bored me witless until the final when they blew my mind. They played beautiful football in the final, whereas up until that point, they just did enough to win. And it was now an easy 1-0 was actually, they could have won by more, and I was frustrated that they didn't play that way. Now, I think they've got, obviously, the World Cup showed they have not sustained that because it's impossible over so long a cycle. But, you know, they've got no Xavi now, so Iniesta's getting on a bit. But they've still got fantastic players, fantastic talents, others coming through, emerging. I mean, look at people like, like Koke and these sort of players who have been brilliant. Mm. And, and Gabby, they're just... They're full of great, great players. Mm. And you know what? I think it wouldn't shock me if the draw allows it for it to be a, a France-Spain final. Yeah. We look domestically, Darren. Yeah. The big job out there still is Everton. A lot of names linked. Unai Emery, uh, Frank de Boer, Roberto Mancini, etc., etc. A lot of names, not a lot of heat. Can you shed some light on, say, the return of David Moyes? Wow. Seen, seen with Ken Wright at the, uh, the Tony uh, Bellew fight, Bellew fight yeah. uh, deep in conversation. And uh, a lot of Everton fans are a little bit concerned about that because they think it might be a retro step. They think that going for David Moyes, well, he's not really an upgrade on what they've had so far. Uh, they felt that he had done, and you, we all do have to appreciate, a magnificent job for the club. And I think history got a bit rewritten uh, once he failed at Manchester United to suggest that he hadn't sort of developed fantastic young players. He hadn't built on what he had achieved in previous seasons uh, year after year at Everton. But he is still a very, very capable manager. But I think Everton fans just want to see signs that they're moving forward rather than backwards. Pellegrini, for me... I think he lacks the dynamism of the kind of manager needed sort of at Goodison Park. emotional blotting paper, isn't it? Absolutely. And I don't think that that is going to convince some of the big players at that club to stay on or that the club are moving forward. He's been threatening to quit if he doesn't get another job. Again, I think that says quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think as far as Frank de Boer is concerned, and I'm sure we're going to disagree on this, but I think they, that is a guy, hungry, motivated, 46 years old, won what, three, four titles with Ajax. I'm not sure what we're, we're disagreeing on. <laughs> I, think he, I think he actually would fit the bill for Absolutely. Yeah. Year after year. So he must be talking to his brother Ronald then. Well, yeah. Ronald, <laughs> Ronald talks to everyone. It would no, I think de Boer, de Boer clearly wants to come. Uh, he's pushing on the door. Uh, his commitment to Ajax, I think, finishes on Wednesday morning. So that would be mm. his, new, his contract's up so he can start to actively push for it as opposed to using his foxes to push for it. He mm. clearly fancies it. Um, the biggest issue for Everton, of course, is keeping hold of Stones and Barkley and mm. Lukaku and perhaps others. But I don't think they will. But what they would do if they were to get a Dubois is they would have a guy who doesn't actually like to spend money, likes to develop players, mm. but if he were to spend money, he could attract quality players to that club. Yeah, you talk about a big summer and not that keen on spending money. That's Sean Dyche and Burnley. Of the three teams that are coming up, who have got the best chance, you think, of surviving next time around? Probably Middlesbrough, actually. I think they've got a desire to spend. Gibson wants to ensure it's not a short term. He's a good, he's a good chance. Yeah, he's well, he's, he doesn't make... Knee-jerk reactions, does he, on, on managers? No. He wants to give no. them. He gives them enough rope so they can indeed hang themselves occasionally. The question is of how much he's kissed and made up with Karanka. That may be a sort of a, a thinner bond than was perhaps the case at one point, because obviously we know he nearly walked, so mm. that's an issue. Mm. But I think that they're going to spend big and improve that squad. I suspect that Burnley, as a club, are not unhappy if they happen to become a yo-yo club for six years or so. Mm. to build up a pot that allows them to stay stay up longer. And Hull, well, we've seen Hull, and they're pretty much what they were when they went down, which mm. means that if they survive, they'll be 17th. There was a bit of fatalism, I thought, about Steve Bruce, you know, saying, you know, I'm going in basically armed with a pop gun. It's not a great scene there, is he? He's not that secure at the job, even though they've gone up. No, a seam alarm has not... Um... Probably mispronounce his surname, possibly on purpose, but I think uh, because there is a lot of concern around the club, he's, he's now scrapping concessionary fees for the kids. Yeah, the alarm bells are ringing on. Well, they? indeed, indeed. <laughs> it's quite a poor play on words for me, but <laughs> I think um, you look at the empty seats in the Hull end in the playoff final. There were reasons for that. A lot. Mm. And, well, indeed, that's, that's... teams were playing, and it was hundred quid each way on the train. So yeah, I don't yeah. blame but, but, him for that. But that's exactly no. my point. I think there yeah. was a lot of concern among fans about the ways running it, but also from Steve Bruce's point of view, if you're really cynical. There are suggestions that Aston Villa are interested in him. Now, all this is to say that if they were to lose Steve Bruce, I think that would be a huge loss for, for Hull Football mm. Club because I think oh, oh, what he does. What I do want to say very quickly, if I may, Mike, is that yeah. Middlesbrough, uh, Aita Karanka's kind of... Uh, they've struck lucky and he has as well. His great mate Jose Mourinho is at Manchester United and Mourinho, if there are players to go out on loan, will have no problem whatsoever mm -hmm. to sending them to his mate at Middlesbrough. Him, and I get, think... Yeah, absolutely. And I think point. that could well help Middlesbrough massively yeah. to stay in the Premier League. OK, final point, very, very briefly. Back to the Euros. What does success look like for England? Despite my historical references earlier, semi-final. Quarter-final for me. Semi-final will do the job and keep Roy in a job. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.